Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. I'm Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by the man himself, Brandon <laughs> Siegel. How you doing, Trevor? I'm I'm great, man. Good weekend. It was an amazing weekend. We we had a good weekend. I feel like. I yes. Feel like we watched a lot of basketball. Definitely. Um, games were great. Yes, games weekend. were great. So great. great. Duke lost. I honestly like watching the end was <laughs> just so. It's, I really I actually wanted them to win. Uh, yeah. It would have helped my bracket. That's pretty much the only yeah. reason why. And well, then the, we know the real reason. Why yeah, you and that's not win. the real reason. Just I want Michigan State to lose because you want Michigan State to lose. But, but yeah, I want Duke to win as well because I had him in my bracket. I picked them. I mm-hmm. said they were going to win national championship a long time ago. So I had Duke, and I just love Zion. I mean, right? What can I'm I the say? same way. I just so love Zion. I wanted them to win. He's so great, but they go down. So. Um. But yeah, so we're going to go right into small talk. A uh, couple interesting small talk topics today. I'm very excited. We're introducing a, n- a new one. If you guys saw the tweet from the Twitter account, I uh, gave you a little clue. But first small talk topic, we have Lonzo Ball. So a lot happened with Lonzo Ball in the past week. Yes. Uh, you know, we start off with this report coming out that the co-founder of the Big Baller brand, uh, his name's Alan Foster, it came out allegedly that he was stealing $1.5 million dollars. Um, and I guess, you know, a couple reports that I saw said that Lonzo never really trusted uh, Alan Foster. So there's kind of some animosity there. Um, and I, we learned that Lonzo actually owns over 50% of the brand while his father, LeVar Ball, owns 16.66%. Um, and Alan Foster also owns 16.66%. So a couple interesting things happened after that. Lonzo changed his Twitter and Instagram picture to him in a Nike shirt. Yes. Uh, which he has not signed to Nike. He's with Big Ball brand, of course. It's his brand. Uh, additionally, he also posted the uh, not the fake Nike app, but it was an ad that Nike ran about you know the dream, it's not a dream until you do it or you know I don't know the exact wording off the top of my head, but right. he put a picture out of that. So it's it, a lot of lots happening here. There's a lot of interesting things. His uh, agent also you saw him putting big baller brand shoes in the trash. Uh, so <laughs> from your perspective, what, what do you what's your take on this? Um, yeah, so. This was really crazy. Um, yeah, you had, again, just like you said, his agent throwing his shoes um, in the trash can. And this was all really weird. Obviously, I think LeVar had a lot of trust in Alan Foster. Mm-hmm. I think this he's had a lot of trust in him for a long time. And I heard um, on a podcast I was listening to previously, they were talking about how um, I believe like LeVar, he had people in his ear telling him, hey, I don't know if this is a guy you can really trust. You know, he actually has a criminal record. He does. Um, you know, so this isn't the greatest guy to maybe have um, helping run your company. And LeVar trusted him. And um, I don't know if he should have. I mean, obviously, I, he shouldn't have. So yeah, it, I think it's good for Lonzo to get out. For me, just from you know being a business major and from a business perspective, Lonzo, to me, I don't think he's taking the perfect approach. I don't know why, like, you're having your agent throw your shoes away and stuff. Like... To me, that's not really someone I'd want to work with. If you're, like, yeah. going to throw your own shoes away and promote a different brand, obviously, maybe he signed a Nike already. We don't even know. Uh, to me, that's just not that's not where I, w- I would want to be with the brand or someone that I really want to work with. Um, obviously, Nike is an upgrade because Nike is an upgrade over anything. I mean, that's just... Absolutely. <laughs> that's just facts. Um, so, for me, I don't know. This is kind of an interesting situation. I'm interested to see how it plays out, though. Um, I know, like, Alan Foster, they, they have a... Uh, the Ball family has a show called Ball and the Family. It's on Facebook Watch. Uh, and Alan Foster's in almost every episode. I would argue more than Lonzo Ball. Right. So it's going to be interesting where this, you know, kind of goes. But. Yeah, I think it's – um. so, yeah, I, like you said, I think it's just unnecessary for him to be doing things like that, 
throwing the shoes away. But to me, um, this makes – I think this is going to make a lot of people like Lonzo Ball more. Um, maybe. Him getting maybe. rid of Big Baller brand, which a lot of people – obviously, it's a very – it's a brand that a lot of people mm-hmm. have a lot of animosity about, and I don't think they really like all that much. Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, on to our next topic. Kobe Bryant went on to the uh, James Corden show, the Late Late Show. Yes. Uh, I think I got that right. And uh, he had to either eat a cow tongue or give his top three between him, MJ, uh, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James. And he ranked them himself, then Michael Jordan, then LeBron James. What's your take on that? Um, this is exactly what you would expect from Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, I'm not surprised by any of this. This is what I expected. Um, Kobe, he is he has supreme confidence. This has been his mentality throughout his entire career, and it's going to continue as long as he lives. I expect this. Um, he's clearly the third best of them, but this is what he's going to do. He could have easily eaten the cow tongue, but hey, he just gave him gave his thoughts, and I'm glad he did because it's now entertainment for everyone watching. Yeah, I have, I have a couple thoughts on this one. When I saw this, I to me, I know the mama mentality is a big deal, right? Like, what are, what are a couple traits in your mind of the mama mentality? Just, like, supreme confidence, like, I've got this, mm-hmm. like, I can handle everything, carry on my carry you on my back. Mm-hmm. Do the best, right? Like, Just be I'm your best. hard worker, mm-hmm. like, stuff right, like right. that. Right, right. So, I didn't know that stupidity is actually among that list. I just learned that from this exact... <laughs> Little clip that I saw. Let me explain, okay? Kobe Bryant is nowhere near those two guys. Kobe Bryant's an amazing player. We, we can argue this on a different podcast episode, but they, we, we got to – oh, my God. I, I just can't even fathom. So I decided I did a lot of research, a lot of research oh, on this topic, okay. who is the best between those three, and I have it written down here. I, I would say I approximated right. about 15 to 20 hours of research on this, going through stats, wow. going through highlights. I made my top three list. I'm going to get, share it with everyone right here. All right, what's your top three? Um, number one is LeBron James. Okay. It's a big surprise. He's had an amazing career. Number right. two is LeBron James. And guess what right. number three is? Number three is also LeBron James. Wow. On to our next topic. <laughs> uh, Warriors versus T-Wolves. Break us down. What happened at the end of this game? Uh, a lot of controversial things that happened. All right, so the Warriors-T-Wolves game, um, it was then the game, and the T-Wolves were up 130 to 127. It was in overtime. So the Warriors have the ball. It's an inbounds play, and they pass in to Kevin Durant. Immediately catches, goes up for a shot, nails a three, is fouled. Now, immediately he's he's in the air, so like it was clearly a should have been a four-point play. But the ref waves it off, says, no, he was on the floor. So they say, no, it's not a four-point play. And I'm waving it off, which was ridiculous. Just a ridiculous call. Um, and then after that, so they have another inbound play after this. They throw it into Steph Curry. He makes this insane shot. He's like cornered um, for a corner three. He takes like two dribbles, step back, hand in his face, drains a three. Now, after Steph Curry drains a three, he runs back on defense. He's backpedaling, and he's pointing straight at the ref. Like, ball Ooh. don't lie. Like, that's what you get for making the wrong call. Right. Now, after this, so now it's 130-130. There's 0.5 seconds left. T-Wolves have an inbounds pass after they advance the ball. So the player, he goes to pass it in. He's looking for Towns, who was guarded by KD, and he throws it about 10 feet over his head, like sails over his head, right? And KD, he, he might have held Towns a little bit. He, he did a little bit. But the ball's sailing over his head 10 feet. Ref still calls a foul. Puts Towns at the line. He makes at least one of the free throws, and T-Wolves win the game. Yeah, to, to me, this is 
a lot of interesting things happened. If, if you want to call the first shot with KD, uh, him pulling up, which is such an amazing shot, if you want to call that on the floor, I, I can see how it's kind of close. That's not what I would have done at all. I, I would have called it the other way. But you can see, and even the announcer said, you can see kind of where that comes from. Okay, that's number I, one, though. I don't. That's, that's one argument. I don't okay? see it. You then go on to where somehow the refs didn't see Steph pointing at them, which is amazing. But Steph, that was such an amazing yes. shot. You then go to the, the holding call, which I'm guessing is similar to pass interference in the NFL, where like if the ball is sailing over your head and you push right. a guy like out of bounds 20 yards away from the ball, it's not going to be pass interference. Exactly. So this ball was not... Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Zion jumping as high as he could. No. Seven feet tall could catch that ball. I mean, that no. ball was sailing over. So that, to me, was a horrible, horror call. Both were... I mean, just the fact that these were called and not even like sort of reviewed in any form. And I understand like it's tough to you know change calls and stuff, but the, the KD one definitely could have been reviewed. You could have changed it from on the floor versus shooting foul. So to me, this wasn't the right thing that happened. The Warriors should have ended up winning this game, as much as it hurts me to say. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And I mean, they're still going to make the playoffs and do well. Absolutely. So to our next topic, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a skeptical on this topic. I'm interested to see what you have to say. LeBron sitting the rest of the season. I know we only have like six games left. Um, and, you know, there's not too many games. Uh, do you like this call? Um, yeah, I like this call. I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs, so obviously he should be sitting. They were saying he should have been sitting earlier, and he, he definitely should have. Um, they they had the chance of the playoffs, but it was always slim. And even if they would have made it, they would have been an eight seed and probably would have gotten swept by the Warriors. So, like, what's the, even the point of that? Even if they would have gotten the playoffs, like, getting swept by the Warriors, so what? He should have sat out from the start. Yeah, this was the right call to make. I, I probably think right when they were out of the – out of playoff contention. I think LeBron probably would have wanted to play. Um, but your season's over. Let's rest you. You're you're thirty four years old. Yeah. You know, let's let's rest. Let's go into next season healthy. Uh fix the groin up, which uh the uh, football doctor tweeted that it should be fine after the next couple months. So for me it's it's a good decision. Should have been probably earlier in my opinion. Um and on to our last small talk topic, which I am super excited for. We're gonna let's switch it up. Yeah, we're gonna venture a little bit outside of sports. Um some of the feedback that we've received, we want we people have told us that they want us to venture a little bit outside, even different sports topics. We're gonna go into kind of a, a neat topic. Uh, we're gonna talk about movies. Uh, so first, I want to get at what is your favorite movie. We're gonna talk about kind of two parts. What is your favorite movie and what is the best movie? And I know you have kind of a take on if about those two specific things, favorite and best. Right. So my favorite movie of all time, as a kid growing up, I watched this movie so much I was obsessed with it. Is Space Jam. Space Jam is a movie. It was released in, I believe, 1995. Um, you know, MJ, Bugs Bunny, obviously. Great movie. This has been um, my favorite movie. And even though it's not necessarily my favorite movie, like, like, obviously there's tons of movies I would pick to watch over Space Jam just because it was my favorite as a kid. The nostalgia. I will always, yeah, exactly. The nostalgia. It will always, for me, be my favorite movie of all time. Right, so my favorite movie, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to my two, two of my best friends, Chad and Aaron. Uh, we actually have a list of all the Marvel movies. We're big Marvel movie nuts. Uh, my personal favorite is the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, I thought this was such a fantastic movie. Amazing mu- music, amazing, amazing, stor- amazing storyline, and just all around a great film. Uh, but I want to hear your... You gave me a little snippet of what you were going to say earlier before the episode. What, give me your take on how... Uh, best movie over like the best overall movie and your favorite movie compared to like you know different you know be- best team versus favorite something like that. 
Yeah, so when we were preparing for this podcast, Brandon was saying, okay, I want to do, like, your favorite movie and your best movie. But to me, I was like, to me, they seem very synonymous. Like, to me, when I have a favorite movie, to me, it's also the best movie. I can't really say, like, oh, like, this is my favorite movie, but this other movie is the best. Like, it doesn't really, I don't know, it doesn't really click in my head like that. Like, um, I, I don't know, give another example, but, like, maybe in, like, music... I think it's the same kind of thing. Like, I can't say, like, oh, this is my favorite, but this is the best. So, like, if I say Drake is my favorite, he's also the best. I can't just be like, oh, Drake's my favorite, but Tupac's the best when I'm not as big of a fan as Tupac. So I can't really say he's the best. But, like, it's the same thing with movies. It's entertainment to me, so it's really an opinion. It's, like, what you like. So I can't mm-hmm. really – I don't know. It doesn't click in my head to say that, like, one's my favorite, but this other thing is the best. To me, they're my – Space Jam is my favorite, and it's the best. Right, and that makes sense. I kind of think about it, like, a different way. I feel like, like, for example, in music, uh, I was telling you earlier, like, the Beatles. I respect that they're one of the greatest bands ever, but they're not, like, my type of music. So, like, I'm not going to listen to the Beatles, you know, just kind of casually. It's just not my type of thing. Right. But I respect they're so amazing. So, kind of for me, I, I do separate those two. You know, my favorite movie ever is the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I have other movies that I love, but I wouldn't consider them the best movie ever. To me, the best movie ever is Shawshank Redemption. Uh, when online did a little bit of research, IMDb, which this was given by a, like a person, but it was a public rating, had Shawshank Redemption as number two, The Godfather as number one. I personally just think Shawshank Redemption is just such a fabulous movie. The storyline in it is so, so, so phenomenal. So for me, I do separate them. I, I feel like there is a way to separate them. I, I, you know, like what I was telling you is like you were saying how like, you know, McDonald's is like one of the most popular fast food restaurants, but it, it's very clearly not the best food. Right. So like, I see where your point's coming from, and I think it's a valid point, but I want, I want you guys to you know, comment on our Twitter, um, comment on our last post. Tell us what you think. Do you think you can separate those two, your best versus overall be- – or the best movie versus your overall favorite? You know, are those two things that could be separated? So final thoughts on movies. Give us your final thought. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting conversation. Obviously, you have like – your favorite movie, but movies are, that are very popular, so they're nominated for things and they're called the best. But again, like it's still like my favorite and best. It's just my perspective, but again, it's interesting conversation. Of course. So moving on, we're gonna go to our first main topic, um, and by everyone's surprise, we're gonna talk about Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight. So we're gonna kind of go through each day like we did last time. Uh, first up, we have Thursday on the twenty eighth. Uh, just a quick little recap of the games. Uh, first game we have here, the number one seed Virginia took on the 12 seed Oregon. Hard fought match ended 53 49 to Virginia. We had the one seed Gonzaga versus the four seed Florida State, 72 uh, 58 Gonzaga won. Purdue beat Tennessee 99 to 94. And then Texas Tech sadly destroyed Michigan 63 to 44. What are your takeaways from these games? Um, so. First of all, going into this game, going in this day, I should say, uh, the game I was really looking forward to, to most was Gonzaga Florida State because I thought, okay, like obviously Gonzaga's a very good team, but Florida State is just playing so well. Um, they destroyed Murray State. Yeah. They looked good in their game against Vermont as well, and I thought this is gonna be a very close game. Either you know it could go either way. It's a revenge game for Gonzaga because last year Florida State beat them, but Gonzaga kind of just handled their business. They beat him by 14 points. Brandon Clark, you know, 15 points, 12 rebounds, great shot blocker. And um, Gonzaga looked really good in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another one is Texas Tech, just phenomenal. And we'll talk about them again um, in their Elite Eight game against Gonzaga. But Texas Tech, their defense is so – they're relentless. It's just insane. Jared Culver, he's an amazing player. 
Um, we'll get into like his talking about his NBA draft stock, mm-hmm. but Texas Tech, their stifling defense is so impressive to me. Mm-hmm. I actually, I want to go back to the uh, Gonzaga game. I have a question I wanted to ask you, and it's kind of interesting to me because Roy Hachimura, I think, is universally respected as like he's going to be the highest draft pick out of all those guys. Right. Who do you think is the best player on Gonzaga? I think this is like a good argument. It's, like I think there's a good debate. Yes, because they have three or four guys that I think are legitimately like really, really good. Yeah, it's so tough for me. Um, it's it's so it's clearly between Rui Hachimura mm-hmm. and Brandon Clark. It's yeah, those two I guys. Those I agree. Are the two best, and they're also very close in their draft stock. It's very say, close. Clark is Clark is definitely I think if not a lottery pick, very close to it. I think he's close. Yeah, because Archimura is he top ten? You think? I think he's like eight to twelve, <laughs> kind of that range. I think it kind of depends right. on how. Right, you know, it's, it's I don't so know, it's, it's close to me, I don't know. It's so tough. I think they're both in, like, that 10 to, like, 16 range. Yeah. Or 10 to 18, I think they're both in there. Um, there's a great argument for who's better. I think really what it comes down to is they're both, I, I don't know, I think I would take Hachimura, but, like, is the more overall overall better offensive player. Correct, very much And correct. Clark's the better defensive player. Right. Clark's an amazing shot blocker, and he doesn't have quite as many skills as Hachimura. While Hachimura, he's very good down low in the post. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just very skilled with some of his ho- like hook shots and some of the moves he does. So I would take Hachimura personally because mm-hmm. I think he can be like your go-to guy, but it's a very good debate. Uh, to me, I think, you know, just very quickly, I actually think it's Clark, and let me give you the reason why. Archie Mora, I think, is such a great player, and you're, you're 100% right. He has the offensive skills where Clark has more of the defensive skills. But Clark, like today, has NBA-level defensive skills. I think his defense is... If not the best in college basketball, I mean, just it's just so so phenomenal. Where Archie Moore, his skills are great, and they probably will develop into a much better, you know, a much better set of skills once he hits the NBA and once he starts developing. But like today, you could throw Clark in, and he could guard. I think some pretty good players in the NBA. So that's just kind of my take on it. Um, but we'll move on to the next day. We're gonna go over to Friday, uh, the 29th. Uh, still in the Sweet 16, we have the second round of those Sweet 16 games. So we had a first, we had Duke, uh, the one seed, took on Virginia Tech, the four seed, 75-73, very close game, super lucky at the end, <laughs> we, we'll get a little more into that. Uh, Auburn beat North Carolina, the five seed, versus one, 97-80, that was a mauling, if I've ever seen one. Uh, again, another slaughtering, Michigan State versus LSU, 80-63, uh, not a good result for me. Houston uh, versus Kentucky. Kentucky won by four, sixty-two to fifty-eight. So let's let's go straight into Virginia Duke. Um, we'll kind of be quick about this, as I know we're going to talk more about Duke later. But right. kind of quick thoughts on this game. Um, well, it was just another sign of like Duke's um, their cracks. You know, another team hanging in them in there with them. You know, Duke they did have the lead um, towards the end most of the time, but they gave Virginia Tech way too many opportunities to win this game. Obviously, last play of the game, you have an inbounds pass to Ahmed Hill. He has a tip, like he, he, he airballed it, but a very real chance that he could have made that shot, which would have put it into overtime at least, and who knows what's going to happen from there. I, I think this game, obviously, like, UCF was close. Yeah. I think this game truly showed Duke was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Let me explain. Cam Reddish did not play this game, and he hasn't been great this year. I think he, I love Cam. You know, I'm a big supporter of Cam. He's definitely not been good this year. Um, but this truly showed their weakness because they really only played six players. Um, there was only six players above three minutes. Like, literally, the, their top mm-hmm. six players played 20, 39, 40, 40, 35, and 20. They literally only played six players. So, right. I mean, when they lose that other piece, they, I mean, they should, with three of the top ten players coming out of the last class, they should have really taken this game, I mean, pretty easily. 
and it just wasn't that easy. Uh, RJ, to me, I think is he's struggling a bit. Uh, he went over seven from three at this game. Right. Uh, so to me, this this was the first time where I really thought they were vulnerable. Uh, but let's let's go into a couple different games here because um, we're gonna hit back on Duke later. Uh, really, I mean the two games have kind of been blowouts, and uh, the two of the three games were blowouts. I mean, both of them, in my personal opinion, was not where I expected it to go. No. I thought LSU would beat Michigan State. LSU has like four premier players, and I mean, I don't think many people would have predicted Auburn over North Carolina. Uh, I just want to point out, I did predict that, but most people won it. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on those games? Um, so with Michigan State LSU, to me, I thought it was going to be a really close game. I had Michigan State just because I thought you know the coaching, uh, the coaching here. Tom Izzo, one of the best coaches ever. Will Wade is not there, so they have. Um, their interim coach, and I just thought, you know, Tom Izzo would kind of pick him apart, and that's exactly what he did. It was a coaching mismatch. Um, Aaron Henry, shout out, was amazing in this game. I think he had a triple-double, if I'm correct. He had a triple-double, or not a triple-double. He had 25-5, and five, which hasn't been done in a long time in the NCAA tournament. So amazing play by him. And then if we go to the Auburn-UNC game, Auburn again, just on fire. And like I said, on our last pod, like if Auburn can keep shooting as well as they did against Kansas, they, they can beat anyone shooting like mm-hmm. that. And they didn't do it in the first half against UNC, but they really turned it up in the second half and just were hot against UNC. Um, I'm just going to give a quick, quick stat correction there. Aaron Henry actually had 20 uh, points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. Yeah. But your, your, your analyst yeah. is still spot on. I agree. Um, I, I did think LSU would bring it out, but it just didn't – they didn't seem like themselves that game, and it seemed like overall just Michigan State was the better team. Uh, on to the Saturday games, uh, Saturday the 30th, uh, we had the two Elite Eight games, Texas Tech versus Gonzaga, the three versus one, Texas Tech won by six, 75 to 69. Then we had Virginia uh, versus Purdue, uh, the one versus three, and Virginia won by five, 80 to 75. Uh, these, these were, in my opinion, Amazing. two pretty good games. I, I loved both of these games. Yes. Uh, the results I was happy with too. Purdue, for whatever reason, was went this far. They lost ten games on the year. I, I didn't think they deserved to be this far, but they played like it. They played like they deserved to be there. Um, Carson Edwards had forty two points. He had forty two points insane. in a college basketball game. And obviously, it went into overtime, but still, that's insane. Um, Texas Tech. Let's 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 get to this topic. Let's get to okay. Derek Culver. I. Jarrett. Jarrett, excuse me, Jarrett Culver. Derek Culver's on your favorite he's team. He's my man. Yeah. Um, what do you – do you think he's going to be a good NBA prospect? Absolutely. I think Jarrett Culver um, is going to be in the NBA for a long time. He's just a really solid all-around player. He's an amazing defender. You know, he's got some pretty good length. I think he's 6'5". Not, like, tremendous, but, like, decent. Um, he's got to work on his shooting. But um, I think it's, this is a start. He's shown he, may, he can make tough shots. I think he's just got to get better at creating the space. Um, he's not a tremendous athlete, so I think that's where he needs to uh, work on and get better. Yeah, for me, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sold on, uh, I'm not sold on Jared Culver quite yet. Last year, he shot I think 38 percent from three, and this year he's down to 32. Uh, his shooting to me is a big problem. I feel like that's something that made him, in a, like, originally made him a prospect, and now that he's kind of went away from his shot, obviously he's still super dominant, and he was super dominant against Michigan too. But it's starting to worry me. I, I, I feel like – I don't know if I would want to spend a lottery pick on someone who is shooting his digressed a year. To me, right. I'm just nervous about it. I'm, I'd rather pick someone who's been raw and has the potential to get there than someone who – of course, I mean, it's not that he doesn't have potential, but someone who digressed from a year ago. 
I mean, that's just my opinion, though. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I think that shooting decreases kind of has to do with his offensive load. He's clearly the best player on the floor um, for Texas Tech, so he has to take a lot more load. So I think that's where the shooting number mm-hmm. like decreases comes from. Right. All right. On to the games that were today uh, that finished up just before we start recording. Um, the two o'clock game went into overtime. This game was so phenomenal. Auburn at Kentucky, seventy-seven, seventy-one. Uh, another game that most people wouldn't predict. Uh, soft flex. I predicted it. Next game that just ended, Michigan State versus Duke. Uh, this really, it hurts me a lot to say this. I really don't want to say these numbers, but I do have to. 68-67, Michigan <sighs> State won. Let's, let's talk about Duke. Let's get a little, little Duke conversation going here. Zion Williamson, I, I'm sold on Zion. I, I, I know we've <laughs> talked about it a little earlier. I was a little concerned about his shooting. I, he's so no amazing. Zion's so amazing. And like, it's not that I didn't know. Like, I knew he was amazing, and I, it's not that I didn't think he's amazing. Zion Williamson had 24 points and 14 rebounds. He had seven offensive rebounds. Yep. Seven. This is what he does. Um, honestly, I, I thought Duke should have won this game. Uh, they shot better everywhere. Uh, 43% uh, Michigan State had versus Duke's almost 46. Michigan State had 31% from three, and Duke had 33, which they struggle on. Um, and 61% from free throw line versus 33.3. Uh, what's your take on this game? Um, so if you don't already know my perspective on Zion Williamson, I have no concern about him. <laughs> I think he's going to be amazing. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to be an That's amazing player. Statement. That's a really bold um, statement. You know, 10-time All-Star in the league. He's going to be amazing. But beyond that, at the end of the game, Duke had the ball down 68-66, and they, Coach K chooses to give it to R.J. Barrett. Yeah, so yeah. R.J. Barrett, what he does, he goes in – to the lane and he gets fouled he's really no chance of making it because he like goes into a double team and what you should have done is get it to your best player zion this is clearly what you should have done instead they get to rj mm-hmm. he's not a great free throw shooter so he makes one of the two whereas zion if you get it to him oh, he's, he's a horrible free throw shooter too but, but he's, he's more but he's gonna to make, make the, the shot. shot yeah right he's gonna make the true. shot so at the very least it's a tie game because he's probably gonna make the shot um to get him to overtime yeah, I kind of have three quick points on this. Uh, I have the same thing. RJ, to me, has definitely gone down as a prospect. To me, he plays with his head down. There's so many times where he grabs the ball, goes up, and you talk about his like little floater thing he does from yeah. like six, seven feet away. I hate that shot. I right. don't think he's a fantastic shot creator. Like Coming to college, I was like, wow, he's going to be able to create a shot. It's going to be easy to him. It's all going to come to him. The game doesn't – to me, it was the same thing at the end of the Gonzaga game um, earlier in the year. Like, when they're just giving him the ball and they have to just throw up a shot. And right. wh- why it's not in Zion's hands, I don't understand. Yep. My second point I wanted to make is I think Trey Jones is just such a horrible player. He looked just atrocious to me this whole game. Supposedly, he has this amazing defense. And obviously, he's going against Cassius Winston, who's really good. But his defense was just <clears> horrible. <throat> I was not impressed with anything he did. Yeah. Um, one, the one good thing he did is he turned the ball. Well, I guess it's not a good thing, but it's his first turnover in, like, 86 possessions or something like that. Some some crazy number. I don't yeah. remember the exact stat. Number three, I really like DeLaurier. I think DeLaurier okay. is really good. Super underrated player. I have no clue why he doesn't get looked a little bit more at, um, for, like, NBA. Uh, in the NBA, maybe it's just he's small. Um, but overall, Duke should have won this game in my mind. Uh, maybe my bias is showing, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah. We're going to kind of go into our very last topic here. Uh, we're going to give our final four prediction, or our, the, the first game to the final four. So I have, we have Auburn versus Virginia in our first game. I'm going to go with Virginia. I think this is going to be a minor blowout. I'm going to say 10 to 15 points. I think Virginia is just an overall better team than Auburn. Even though Auburn is the hottest team, in my opinion right now, I still have Virginia by about 12. 
Michigan State versus Texas Tech. Uh, it hates me. I hate myself for saying this. I'm going to have to go with Michigan State. This is going to be a close one. Uh, but Michigan State wins by five. And uh, who do you have for the final two games? Um, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I think that Auburn, they've been shooting so well. They've been so hot from three. And I think it's finally going to run out a little bit. They've been shooting over 40%. I think it's going to be down a little bit. And I think Virginia is going to – they're really going to have a great game uh, this Saturday against Auburn. I think they're going to win by about 10 points. And then with Michigan State, Texas Tech, going to be an amazing game. I can't wait for this game. Jared Culver has been so good. Um, but, man, Cash Winston, Izzo – I think they're going to take it in a very close game, two or three points, nail-biter. Alrighty, well, thank you guys so much for uh, listening today. That's going to end it. Uh, we truly appreciate everything that you guys have done with listening and subscribing. Uh, so please subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, on Apple, if you subscribe, it will not constantly notify you. It won't annoy you, I promise. Um, I kind of set out a personal goal for the podcast. that I wanted 200 downloads before this podcast episode, and we're a little above 170. So thank you all awesome. so much for the support. We truly, truly appreciate it. Shout out to everyone, and uh, we're excited for the next episode. Yeah, thank you guys.